0: And Good morning, morning. Good morning. and uh, you know we're in Acts chapter 7 in these last six verses you heard it last week uh, tell you what uh, Stephen had said to the people and made them angry so they're doing away with Stephen now, and uh, so those are important verses. I just want us to especially look at uh, this fifth verse. Um, Or 55th verse. And it says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. This is the third time in this chapter and the chapter before. That it said about Stephen that he was full of the Holy Spirit. Why is that so important that he was full of the Holy Spirit? Well, in your guide it tells you in John's Gospel chapter 16 and verse 7. Jesus told his disciples... That the truth is, it's to your advantage that I go away, ascend back to the Father. For if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. So it's better, you're better off than having me walk beside you, is to have the Holy Spirit filling you. And then, if you'll see also in your guide, in Matthew chapter 25, one of Jesus' parables that we call the uh, parable of the ten virgins. Jesus shared what a Middle East wedding was like. You would be betrothed like Joseph and Mary. You knew there was going to be a wedding. They just didn't tell you when. Our women wouldn't like that these days. But, but the, they had to be ladies in waiting. They had to have their dresses and everything. And, and all they had to do was send a runner to announce the bridegroom cometh, And they had to be ready instantly. And Jesus said... When the message came that the bridegroom cometh, and they had to hurry to the wedding event place, uh, five of them did not have enough oil. You couldn't be out on the streets of Jerusalem without a lamp at night, and so five of them had oil for their lamps, so the other five didn't, and uh, so it was too late by the time they could get oil their own, and they didn't get to be in the part into the wedding. Now. Jesus is saying that because oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying that there's going to be a wedding. We have been told that we're betrothed to the, we are the bride, we're betrothed to the bridegroom. We know there's a wedding, we don't know when, we don't know the day or the hour. But there's going to be an announcement, the bridegroom cometh and we are to be ready. And Jesus is saying here, if you don't have The oil of the Holy Spirit. If like Stephen, you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you will not be ready when I come again. So, why is this being full of the Holy Spirit such a big deal? What does the Holy Spirit do in the life of a believer? That would make Jesus separate people into camps of wise and foolish because of the oil that they have on their behalf. Well, we're going to consider this morning, compare oil as we use it in the natural to the Holy Spirit and see if we can discover the answer. So the, the first bullet point would be that uh, oil in the natural, as we know it, has a softening nature. If, we, if you leave Crisco out of your biscuit dough, we're talking hockey pucks, right? Uh, you don't want to try that. Uh, because oil has a softening nature. When I was a very young man, the first church I pastored, I was a student pastor. And they, gave, they provided a house for us to live in. And uh, it was right down just like Ed's house is. It was close to the church. And it had a good bit of grass to cut. I've never liked to cut grass. I do like to ride a horse. So I said, if i get me a horse, a horse would eat the grass. I'd ride the horse and we'd both be happy. So somehow I managed to scrounge up a little money and bought a horse. Didn't have a saddle. The guy bought it from threw in a bridle and that was okay. I was young. I could ride bareback. I grew up in the flat land of Ohio where the land was just like this for miles and miles. I was passionate in the rolling hills of Kentucky where the land went like this. And I found out I couldn't ride bareback in those hills. (laughs) And I fell off right frequently. And I was battered and bruised. And uh, one guy told me one day, he said, Preacher, I hear you could use a saddle. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, go see Uncle Herschel. He's probably got one you can use. I went to see Uncle Herschel. He was in his 90s and uh, lived by himself. And we sat out on the porch a while and talked. And then I told Uncle Herschel about my need for a saddle. And he scratched his head and he said, son, I hung one up out in the barn 30 years ago. And I suppose it's still there. So we went to look and it was still there. He had tied one of the stirrups and then hung it around a, one of the crossbeams. So there that saddle hung. And he said, I'm not going up there after it, but if you want it, you can have it. So I, I was climbing up there to get the saddle down Uncle Herschel said, you know, that brings back memories. The first man I ever worked for on the farm, I was 15, and he gave me a horse and that saddle to ride back and forth to work. And he told me that the first man who he ever worked for gave him a horse and that saddle. He said, that saddle's way over 100 years old. Well, I cut that saddle down, I couldn't wait to get home and, and ride and not fall off. So I got that saddle and I put it on that horse. I already told you I couldn't ride and bareback. Well, I sure couldn't ride and do the splits at the same time. That saddle been hanging out in that barn spread eagle for 30 years. It it was stiff as a board. It it broke my heart. I had a saddle and it was useless. But then I remembered what he said. That saddle's real leather, 100 years old. I got me a quart of Quaker State, and I poured that Quaker State on that saddle, and there wasn't no sign of oil. That a thirsty saddle. <laughs> I put another quart on there, it didn't go quite as fast, but it didn't take long, and that disappeared too. That saddle was three-quart low. <clears throat> on the third quart, it started to stay long enough that I could rub that oil in. To that saddle and then I could Roll that saddle up and Roll that saddle down put it on that Horse and it fit right around that belly Like it was supposed to Oil has a softening Nature Well the oil of the Holy Spirit Has a softening nature People can dry out And get hard In fact if you see in this story Saul of Tarsus Hard hearted Killing Christians Said, "Let me hold your coats while you kill this guy." Never batted an eye. Just a few chapters over, you're gonna find a new Saul, who's now Paul, the greatest missionary ever, because all oh, the Holy Spirit has a softening nature. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the Father is a potter, and we're clay. And between now and the wedding day, when Jesus returns, the Father is molding us into the image of His Son. You know what happens to clay when it's out of oil? It dries out, cracks open. It's not, it's not, you're not able to mold it anymore. Jesus is saying, and the Scripture is saying to us over and over again, you don't know when He's coming, but if you're going to be... Formed his, to, into His image when He gets here, it's because you're full of the Holy Spirit that has a softening nature. Oil also has a penetrating nature. You can buy penetrating oil. It costs a little more. I don't know why you want to do that because any oil will penetrate. If I'd spill some oil on this carpet right now, it would not stay on the surface. It, the oil would go through the, the top of this carpet. It'll go through the carpet backing. It'll go through any padding that's under that. And it'll stain the floor that's under that. Because oil has a penetrating nature. Well, the oil of the Holy Spirit has a penetrating nature. All of our issues are not surface issues. Pride, for instance... Is a sin with a deep taproot. Let me give you a little English lesson. S-I-N-S is the verb form. Sins are those things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. Or things you should have done that you didn't do. That offended God. That's the sins. And when He forgives us, He forgives us of our sins. But there's S-I-N, and that's the noun form. And that's not the things that you've done that you shouldn't do, or the things you should have done that you didn't do, but that's that sin nature that caused you to do that in the first place. That caused you to rebel against God and not want to obey Him. And if He forgives you of what you've done, you'll go back and do them again, because that nature of sin is still there. So we need penetrating oil of the Holy Spirit that keeps going deep in us. I heard about one man who would just draw close to the Lord and then he'd fade away a while. And after he'd faded a while, he'd pray, Lord, clean the cobwebs out of my life. And he'd kind of get back in, go to church and do some right things. And, And then he'd drift again. He'd pray, Lord, clean the cobwebs out of my life. At one time he came back and he said, Lord, clean the cobwebs out of my my life. And his wife said, Lord, it's time to kill the spider. (laughs) We're going to have to kill the spider. And we're going to be ready when Jesus comes. If if the the Holy Spirit is going to continue to go deep and to penetrate until it gets those even pride that has a deep tap root. We're going to need the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit that's working in us until the spider is dead. Not only does it have a nature of softening and a nature of penetrating, but oil has a cleansing nature. Clean just sounds good, doesn't it? Clean air, clean hands, whatever. It just sounds good. And it's the oil in the soap. That cleans our hands. We, it's what cleans the, your car engine. It's the oil. It lubricates and relieves the friction. And it also cleanses the engine. And that's why you have to change the oil regularly. Because it needs to be changed. Because it's got dirty. Keeping the engine clean. In Jesus' day, they walked on desert Land all day long wearing sandals. Or else they rode an animal. And whenever they would arrive. At wherever they were going. uh, There was provision there. To wash their feet. You could not keep from getting dirty feet. If you walked in the sand. With sandals. Well the oil of the Holy Spirit has a cleansing nature. The Bible says. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That means every evening you need to be cleaned up. First John 1 7 says, if we walk in the light, as Jesus walks in the light, two things will happen. One, we will have fellowship one with another. And the second thing is Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I could stand here a long time this morning and tell you stories that are true. Now what happens to church folk when they're not cleaned up. I'll just tell you one. I was pastoring the church, hadn't been there long, and a lady who was regular and sat right over there on that end with that lady sitting and she was always there. There's another lady sitting way back there in that corner, to the right back there, where David is. And this lady that sits down here early on a Monday morning knocked on my door. And she said, Preacher, I need your help. And I said, Well, I'll be glad to help you if I can. She said, Well, I don't know if you know that lady that sits way in the back, back there in the right corner. Or not? And I said, well, yeah, I know her. Her name's Mary. And she said, well, you probably don't know Mary and I are sisters. I said, no, I didn't even know you knew each other. She said, yeah, we're sisters, but we haven't spoken for over 20 years. 20 years ago, our our mother's brother died. And and, uh, Mary was in charge of ordering flowers for me and my siblings for Uncle Bill's funeral. We were supposed to pay for that, our part of that. It was $8.67 a piece to provide for those flowers. I gave Mary a $10 bill, told her to keep the change. She swears I never paid her for those flowers. We hadn't spoken to each other for over 20 years. I, I can't sleep at night knowing I have a sister I won't speak to, and we even go to the same church. She said, Preacher, I want you to go with me. We're going to Mary's house. I'm going to tell Mary I've been wrong, and she's right. I'm not wrong, and she's not right, but I'm going to tell her that she's right, and I've got a $100 bill I'm going to give her to pay for those flowers and interest on that money and ask her to forgive me. I said, well, let's go. We went to Mary's house. Mary opened the door, never invited us in. Her sister said, Mary, I've told the preacher what happened to us over 20 years ago and that you're right, I didn't pay you for those flowers. Here's a $100 bill. I want to pay for those flowers and any interest and I'm asking you to forgive me. And Mary said, I'll die and go to hell. But I ain't never going to forgive you. Over $8.65. That's what happens. Maybe a little bit of dirt today. But it will be bigger tomorrow. And it won't stop growing. Until it cuts you off. Even from the presence of God. If you're not cleansed. On a daily basis. That will happen to us. If we're going to be clean. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Jesus is the bridegroom and the church, us, we're the bride. And when the bridegroom cometh, we're to be like a bride and we're to be without spot and blemish. What's going to keep you clean till he comes? This world's a dirty world. You can't live in it and stay clean. But He'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness on a daily basis with the work of the Holy Spirit. You need to be full of the Spirit that has a cleansing nature. Well, oil, the Holy Spirit, oil has a beautifying nature as well. Oil of Olay. <laughs> You've seen those commercials. Here's a lady that says she's 65 years old. They show her when she is 25, you can't tell the difference because she uses oil of Olay, keeps her beautiful. Well, we spend a lot of time, a lot of effort on a daily basis trying to look presentable. Now, if you're wearing it, I got to look at you while I preach so you keep on wearing it. I Don't quit. (laughs) I don't know how much money Americans spend yearly to look beautiful on all those beauty products and all the time we spend in beauty parlors. But I know That oil has a beautifying nature. There was three teenagers that attended the church. One of them was a 17-year-old girl that loved the Lord with all her heart. She had two brothers, 15 and 13. And those three were always in church. That 17-year-old always asked us to pray for her parents who did not know the Lord. I heard one Sunday that their mother was gonna not be working on a Tuesday, so I went over Tuesday afternoon. I wanted to talk to their mother about her relationship with the Lord. It was weather like today. The house was open. You could hear a TV or radio. Car was there. So I knocked on the front door and yelled out, "You know, is it ain't my home? Ain't my home?" and Nothing happened. Nobody answered the door, and, but I wasn't about to give up. So I went around the back door and I beat on it a while. Says anybody home? Is anybody home? And I got no response. So I went. I walked all the way around the house a couple of times. And went back to the front door and I knocked some more. Anybody home? Anybody home? And finally, I waited her out, and she showed up at the door act all surprised and said I hope you hadn't been waiting long I, I didn't know there was anybody on the place but she invited me in and I went in and sat down and she was sitting on the sofa and we talked a little bit and I said Barbara I want to talk to you about your relationship with the Lord and she said, all oh, my relationship with the Lord is jam up and jelly tight. It's, it's awesome. Well, I thought for a minute and I said, Barbara, I haven't been here too long. And before I got here, a lady died and her name was Miss Brooks. And every day somebody tells me that they're sorry I never got to meet Miss Brooks. That she was a wonderful woman great saint of God. I said, Barbara, wasn't that lady related to you? And she said, yes, that was my grandmother. And I said, wow, must have been awesome to have a grandmother who knew Jesus like that. And I said, so you're telling me that you have a relationship with Jesus like Miss Brooks had with her Jesus? hung her head. She said, no, I lied about my relationship with the Lord. She said, I lied to you about not knowing there's anybody on the place. I knew when you pulled up. I didn't want to talk to you because I knew you were going to ask me about Jesus. So we talked a little more and I said, Barbara, you know that today is the day of salvation. If you don't know him, you can. Would you like to do that? And she said she would. She slipped off the sofa and down on her knees there by the coffee table. I prayed for Barbara. And then I told Barbara I could lead her in a prayer. What we call the sinner's prayer. She asked the Lord to forgive her and come into her heart and life. She had tears running down her face. She told me she felt like God had forgiven her and everything was all right. She got back up on the sofa. We talked some more. Her tears had dried up. And then I heard the brakes on the school bus. And the screen door opened and the refrigerator opened before the screen door closed. And that's because two teenage boys shot through there looking for something neat. They never even saw me. (laughs) But that teenage daughter, she had a whole armload of books. She must have had her brother's books because they didn't have any. (laughs) She was struggling to get the door open, kind of with one finger, you know, and hooking your leg around it. She finally got just square in that doorway. And she dropped those books. And she said, oh, mama, you met Jesus. How'd she know that? Huh? You could see it on her face. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. It changed her face. Look what the scripture says about Stephen. Stephen, they were going to stone him. And Stephen had the look of an angel on his face. Because oil has a beautifying nature. Oil of the Holy Spirit has a beautifying nature. You know, probably the most beautiful thing ever is a bride on a wedding day. You've been there. You know why we spend so much money? on photographers at weddings. She ain't never gonna look that good again. (laughs) You better capture that. (laughs) Take that bug out and look. Who was that? Well, anyway. (laughs) But you know, you've been to weddings and you heard the notes on the organ and the bride's mother stands and the audience stands and they turn and the door opens and there she comes. Breathtaking. But well, when Jesus comes, if you're going to take His breath away when He sees His bride, we're going to have to be beautiful. Aren't we? It's all the Holy Spirit that has a beautifying nature. And we spend billions trying to look good. Hours trying to look good. I'm saying if we give the Holy Spirit an opportunity. It wouldn't cost us anything. He make us beautiful outside. Where we see. And on the inside where the Father sees. Because oil has a beautifying nature. Well, oil not only has... Where are we? We've got oil has a softening nature. Oil has a penetrating nature. has a cleansing nature. It has a beautifying nature. Oil also has a quieting nature. You know, some things will <laughs> rattle they need oil, they'll squeak, hinges on doors will squeak because they need oil, some people knock, some things knock, your car engine will knock if it runs out of oil, kind of late then, but (laughs) it'll knock, things get loud because they need oil, Well, people get noisy too. You know, the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So a lot of people are loud and obnoxious because they want attention. They want some oil. Some people just knock everything. You know, those kind of people, negative. You mentioned they didn't like it. Isn't it a nice day? Yeah, but it'll probably rain tomorrow. Or may turn cold 40 days over, you know. You can't trust the weather. It don't matter what you say, they don't like it. They just knock everything. People squeak, people knock, people rattle. On and on and on and on. Did did anybody tell you when you were growing up if you didn't have something good to say about somebody? Just keep quiet. Oil has a quieting nature. If you talk long enough, you're going to say something bad. So you need something that will quiet you. Oil of the Holy Spirit has a quieting nature. Uncle Buddy Robinson was a tongue tied, uneducated preacher a century ago. Probably won more people to Jesus than anybody else on earth. They said Uncle Buddy was preaching a revival. And he gave an invitation at the end of his sermon, and one woman came and knelt at the altar. They were singing, and Uncle Buddy knelt down beside this lady, and he said, "Sister, what your trouble?" And she said, "Well, my, my trouble is my tongue." And Uncle Buddy said, "Well, sister, lay that sucker out here." <laughs> so this altar must be thirty feet long. If I won't hold it, I'll get ushers to carry in some chairs. Read James chapter 3 when you get on. See what James says about the tongue. How you cannot bridle it, the damage it does, the power it has. You're going to need something to keep you quiet. If you, if you hear something about somebody and it's true and it's bad, they don't need for you to repeat that, they need you to pray for them. If you hear something about somebody and it's true but well, it's not true and you repeat it and you're a liar. You need something to quiet you. Still rot, waters run deep and the, oil of the Holy Spirit has a quieting nature. It'll just keep you from squeaking and knocking and we might have some revival in America if we get some tongues on some altars. You notice that Stephen and Jesus, even when they were about to die, didn't bother to say anything. They didn't defend themselves. They were quiet. They were full of the Holy Spirit, which has that quieting nature. Now, oil, the oil, uh, the oil as we know it and use it, also has a fattening nature. I just turn sideways. <laughs> God intended for fish to be fried. I deserve amens and applause and everything else. My wife will take a baked potato, it don't matter if it's sweet or a harsh potato, and bake that thing and eat it naked. Why? <laughs> All it's good for is whole butter and sour cream and brown sugar and, right? Loaded. Yeah. Why well, you just want to eat it plain? But oil will put weight on you. and you need to take some weight off, you need to, to cut back on the oil in your diet. Biscuits need butter. And lots of butter. But it will put weight on you. Now the oil of the Holy Spirit will also put weight on us. It's interesting to me that in America, we have the problem that we're overweight physically. Even have problems with children and obesity. But spiritually, we're underweight. You know what's happened in our country in the last 50 years? You know how the morality is just... You know the church doesn't have any effect on society anymore? You know how weak we are? We need something that will put some weight on us. Both Ed and Richard have stood here in the last couple of weeks and told you that when it said Stephen looked like an angel, it didn't mean he was weak. They were killing him because he had stood up face to face, pointed at him and said, you're the guys. Told him the truth. The truth that get you killed. It did Jesus. It did Stephen. And if you think it's bad in America now, you just hang around. It's going to get worse. I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but read the scriptures. We haven't seen nothing yet. There's a verse in Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah 12, 5. Jeremiah says, if you have raced with men on foot and they wore you out, how can you compete with horses? What Jeremiah is asking is, if you can't stand up for Jesus, Ed said this. Maybe last week. If you can't stand up for Jesus in America, in the South, in twenty twenty one, you're gonna be in big trouble. What you're gonna do with the mark of the beast? Well you can buy and sell. It's gonna make you strong, able to stand when he comes. It's gonna be the oil. Of the Holy Spirit. That puts weight on you. That makes you strong. Full of the Holy Spirit. And able. To stand. Well oil has a separating. Nature. You can't mix oil and water. If you didn't know that. Ed told you that. A couple of weeks ago. You remember he, he put it right there. He. He had a bottle of oil and water, he shook it up. You watched it separate, you remember that? You can't, you can't mix oil and water. Because oil has a separating nature. I'm a farm boy. I got up every morning and milked cows before I went to school and then I had to walk school five miles uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> Yeah, have you heard that <laughs> uh, yeah. well I did milk cows and you take you take your little bucket of pail and an old stool and you get out there sit down by Bessie and you milk that cow you get a pail full of white stuff and then we had a cream separator and you take your bucket of milk And you go over here and you pour it in that cream separator. And then you stand back and watch for a minute. And the cream would rise to the top. And it wasn't long until you could scoop off heavy cream that you'd make whipped cream out of and stuff like that. And then there'd be Lighter cream. And then there'd be whole milk. And then there'd be 2%. And 1%. And skim milk. We skimmed off that cream. The heavy cream. And the light cream. And then we took that whole milk. And that's what we used to cook and bake and all those things. Drink. And then that 2%, 1% and skim milk, we fed to the hogs. And they wouldn't drink it unless they was real hungry. And now you and I pay $3 for it at the store. My dad would never believe that. <laughs> never. That folks would buy that stuff. But that cream separator. Would separate that milk to, from cream to Skim milk. Because it had that nature. Well, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit has a separating nature. You know, cream does rise to the top. You could have picked Stephen out of this crowd. Look on his face, whatever. You could tell which one was Stephen. He rise to the top. Because all the Holy Spirit would separate him. Full of the Holy Spirit. Holy means separate. It means to be different. The Bible says the bride is to be holy. For the bridegroom is holy. Jesus would be unequally yoked. If he was going to marry a bride who was unholy. you and me, the church, is going to be holy when He comes, that's because we're going to be full of the Holy Spirit that separates us. Now, we're we're saved in the world, from the world, for the world, and we're to be in the world that's what they said about Jesus. Look at him. He'll, he'll go to lunch with the sinner. Of course he would. We're, we're to be right in the midst of this world. But we're also to be separate. Something in us has to cause us to rise above. And that's the law of the Holy Spirit. You can, you can take a, a boat the size of this Bible and put a boat the size of this Bible in an ocean and this little boat will float. Or you can take a boat the size of this room put it in a farm pond and the boat will float. As long as the boat's in the water size of the boat, size of the water does not matter. And that's the way it is with the church. The church is in the world, but if the world gets in the church, we're talking titanic. It, it's not going to float. Something's got to keep us holy, got to keep us different, got to keep us separate. And that's the oil of the Holy Spirit. Which separates us. As we walk through this life. Be holy. As he is holy. Let's do one more. And that is that oil has a healing nature. That's what's in your medicine cabinet at home. Every salve, every ointment, aloe, plant, it don't matter what it is. It's the oil in that that heals. If you're in the kitchen cooking and you burn yourself, probably butter is the closest thing to you. Put some butter on there. Or anything with oil in it is going to have a healing nature. Well, oh, the Holy Spirit has a healing nature. A man named Vaughn always sat right where Mr. Freeman's sitting. One day, Vaughn said to me, He said, Preacher, have I ever told you my story? I said, No. He said, Well, I was a young farmer. I had a wife named Mildred and two little boys under school age. He said, I'd get up in the morning. Times were hard. It was during the Depression. I was trying to make a living out of blackland dirt. And I'd get up early in the morning, go out and milk and feed the chickens and come back in for breakfast because I'd get to see the boys for a little while. Because when I went back out, I was out till dark. And he said, I went out one morning to do my chores and came back in for breakfast. And there was a note on the table. It was from Mildred. It said, Vaughn, I never have loved you. I should have never married you. I've always been in love with Ray Green. And I've left you. The boys are still asleep. And as soon as I can get a divorce from you, I'm going to marry Ray Green. And she did. Ray and Mildred just lived about a mile down the road from Vaughn, same road. Vaughn said, I didn't think things could get any harder for me. But after she left, it was much harder. I had those two little boys to raise by myself, trying on top of being a farmer. And he said, I'd watch Ray and Mildred, and they had two little boys of their own, and And they seemed to do all right. They both had jobs in town and drove better cars and dressed better and seemed to do better than me. And my anger just got worse and worse. And I hated Ray and Mildred Green. He said, by the time my boys were teenagers, I was in such shape that my own family was about to have me committed And I said to my mother one day, you know what's wrong with me? She said, I wish I did. He said, oh, I know what's wrong with me. I hate Ray and Mildred Green. It don't look like it's hurting them any, but it's killing me. And Mama, if you'll pray for me, I'm going to ask God to forgive me of hatred toward them. And then I'm going to go to Ray and Mildred and I'm going to confess to them how I've hated them and that hate has grown Over the years, I'm going to ask them to forgive me. She promised she'd pray. He went to see Ray and Mildred, and he told them how he felt. They said they'd forgive him. Ray and Mildred, by the time I got there, their two boys had grown and got married, had families of their own. Vaughn had remarried later in life to a woman named Kathleen. Vaughn's two boys with Mildred, they had grown up and had families of their own. I remember Ray and Mildred never darkened the door of the church where we had revival and somebody invited Ray and Mildred and they came to church one night. They sat way in the back. But when the service was ending and singing that closing hymn, Vaughn got out of his chair and seat. And he went to the back between Ray and Mildred and just put his arms around him and sang like, like he'd never sung before. He wanted everybody to know he loved them. I remember that night. Ray and Mildred didn't last long. They came running down that aisle, knelt in an order because they knew I was real. And there was a man who went from hate to love. When I was their pastor Thanksgiving Day Vaughn and Kathleen Vaughn's boys and their families Ray and Mildred their boys and their families all do Thanksgiving together because all the Holy Spirit has a healing nature I don't know what's happened to you already in life how much you've been hurt I don't know what you're going to have to go through from here on. I'm thankful we don't know. We'd want to quit now. But I'm telling you, Stephen was whole. Even when they were about to kill him, stone him to death, he could say, it's well with my soul because of the Holy Spirit. He's full of it. And it heals. And if you don't need healing, you're going to need healing. If it hadn't happened, it's going to happen. And it's the law of the Holy Spirit that's going to heal you of no matter what it is. That happens between now and the bridegroom comes. I think the Holy Spirit's important. We need the law of the Holy Spirit I heard about an Englishman. He was cheap. He um, never married. Never made much money. But he never spent much. He just always rented a room, boarded. Only thing he ever wanted to do in this life was visit America. He finally got retirement age. He had saved up money all of his life. So he wanted to fill that one thing on his bucket list. So he went down and purchased a ticket on the Queen Mary round trip to come to America. The ticket cost about everything he had. He wasn't gonna have much money left over to eat and stuff, but that was all right, he had always skimped. So. He said he'd he just bought him a big hoop of cheese and lots of soda crackers. And he got on that boat and he'd eat cheese and soda crackers and drink water. And he got over here and he visited the things he wanted to visit. Got back on that boat eating cheese and crackers and drinking water. And they were nearly all way back to England. And one day he was out on the deck a nice day, and the captain was out there, and the captain saw this man, and he walked over to him, and he said, I don't think I've ever met you, and the guy said, well, I've been on the ship ever since we left America, in fact, I went over on a ship when you was my captain, and the captain said, well, why haven't I never seen you, why aren't you in the dining hall? And he said, well, you know, he told him the story. I, my ticket took about all my money. I just got a hoop of cheese and some crackers and I'm drinking water. And the captain said, You didn't understand your ticket. That ticket you bought was first class. You don't have to be eating cheese and crackers, and drinking water. You can be dining at the captain's table. Three times a day. Fifty-five years, I've watched us, the bride, on cheese and cracker diet, drinking water. When there's new wine and manna from heaven. If we just get it. We're cheating ourselves. We can be full of the Holy Spirit. not going to sing this morning for two reasons Uh, one reason is Ed mentioned this last week that this is response time to what they've already sung to what you've heard to what God is speaking to you about and now what we need to do is to respond in a way that pleases him that's worship The other reason is the musicians need to have the right to respond as well sometimes. If you just need to sing to respond, there's some music playing. If you recognize it, just sing quietly to yourself, to the Lord. Maybe you want to just sit where you are and listen to that soft music and write down what God's saying to you. Maybe it's names that you need to forgive. I don't know what it is. But you know you need to be softened. You got some hard things in your heart. You know that there's some dirt in there. You remember when it got there, but you never let it be cleaned out. Maybe it scares you when you look in the mirror, let alone God. You don't want to see him look like that when he, when he comes. Maybe you know you're weak. Can't stand up for him at work, school. I don't know. Maybe you need to bend a knee. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Maybe it's time for the, him to kill the spider. I don't know. I know the Lord's in charge, the Holy Spirit's in charge I got some oil in this little bag. Three little bottles of oil. There ain't nothing magic in this oil like the water in the baptistry. It just says sweet oil. Costs a dollar at Walmart. No magic in it, but it's the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning you realize you're not full of the Spirit you want to be. What Jesus is saying in that parable is that the five foolish virgins did not get the oil of the Holy Spirit while the getting was good. This morning the getting's still good. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You just want to come forward. I'll be down here with a little bottle of oil. I'll anoint you with a little oil on the outside. We know what the oil does. James said, if anybody's sick among you, let them, the elders anoint them with oil and pray for them maybe heal. be healed. So we've got the symbol. I'll, I'll put a little oil on your forehead and shape a cross because Calvary's what made provision for everything you need and for the Holy Spirit to fill us. Maybe you want to be filled with the Spirit. Maybe you need to pray about something else. I'm going to be down here. Maybe you're just going to write a while. Maybe you want somebody to pray with you and anoint you with oil. I'll be glad to do that. Richard, I got oil. You You can anoint with oil. My wife's here. She's a prayer warrior. If I was you, I'd have her pray for you. She's probably better than me to do that we're just going to be quiet we're not in a hurry because this is eternal just respond as the spirit leads you sing if you want to sing write if you want to write kneel if you want to kneel be anointed with oil pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit We're waiting for the Holy Spirit to move you. Ever how the Holy Spirit wants to move you this morning. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you know you're broken this morning. Maybe it's cleansing. Whatever it is.